Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the rainbow. Intelligence and unimpeachable lyrical ability defines today's guest of the show, Nebraska's Sleep Sinatra, whose thoughtful perspective has powered some of this past year's strongest releases in hip-hop, most notably In God's Image, Brainstorms, and his latest record and one of my favorites of the year, Spirit Box. Keep listening to glean insight into Sleep Sinatra's lyricism and how he sees the world and integrates that perspective into the art. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC-TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. How you doing, bro? How you doing, man? Doing well. Doing well, man. Appreciate you having me. Man, I'm really, really happy to have you on. I feel like what you've been doing really for a long time now, but I've been really tapped in for just under a couple of years now. It's been pretty amazing. I've seen growth even within that time, and I know you've been making music for so long, so it's just still impressive to see that kind of ascension. And I'm, I think a lot of people are really starting to take notice, too. So I'm really happy Thank to you, man. chop it up with you now. Thank and you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And as a, a Nebraska native, that's not really like a hip hop hotbed for, for many people, at least from an outsider perspective. So I'm curious, like, what was, what was it about hip hop music, the culture that sparked your admiration for the art form and compelled you to create music yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. Not very, I don't think, I think there might've been one, hip-hop group in the 90s from Omaha that might have put out like a 12-inch promo or something you know what I'm saying there's no real uh legitimacy as far as hip-hop legacy goes or history in Nebraska so I mean it just kind of my influences came from my environment mostly you know what I'm saying listening to Outkast with my uncles on road trips you know what I mean that was some of my first memories of hearing hip-hop was the AT Aliens album uh, you know, what I mean, just being, I think uh, I was probably like eight, nine years old, taking road trips. And one of my uncles would play that album from start to finish every time. So that kind of embedded in my subconscious and the way the three stacks was rhyming, man, even even as a little kid, I was like, how did he do that shit? You know what I'm saying? Like I was just um, enthralled with it. And as I got a little bit older, I remember, uh, you know, just get Scratch Magazine pretty heavily. Um, the old double XLs, you know what I'm saying? Because there's not a lot of, like I said, there's not like hip hop shows or NDs that I knew of coming up in my area. So this was my only way to absorb the culture. Um, at least initially, as I got a little bit older, that changed. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cats like Big L, Big Pun, you know, as I got as I, as I geeked out and got a little bit older and started to do the knowledge on hip hop a little bit more then it became like Jedi Mind Tricks, Doom, uh, Woo, and all the affiliates, the Killer Bees, you know what I'm saying? Those were some of my earliest influences musically. 
consider myself pretty literate. You know what I mean? My people had me reading at a young age. I was reading the Iliad in like elementary school. Yeah. Um, well, that is, yeah. That's, a, that's an elementary. I mean, that's a tough, tough book. I don't even remember any about anything about it. I mean, my, yeah, my grandparents one, to be were, honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh my my grandparents were just very well-read people. My grandmother, especially, and she played a, a pivotal part in raising me. So she had me reading, you know what I mean? And I think that kind of trained my mind to be intrigued with words at an early age. So, you know, I sought out music that i you know as far as hip-hop i was always catted by stuff that made me rewind and, you know uh liner notes reading lyrics and things like that was played a big part in the reason why i'm an mc now for sure music speaking my influences now are all over the place you know yeah i think i think yeah that's what's great about hip-hop because it's not only word heavy in a way that pretty much any other music is it's so much more just like content of words, but also just the, the way words get bent, get placed is like a whole other degree. That's when you get into flow cadence and things like that. And when you talk about three stacks, that's like prime example. I actually like, uh, I feel like you only really know how difficult or easy a flow is to catch until you have to wrap it acapella without any backtrack. Like I did a, I really like karaoke and I also, I often do like rap songs or stuff too. And I, I was with the group and I was like, Oh, let me do like Miss Jackson, you know, classic song. And I thought I knew like every word. And then I started to try to do it. I'm like, yo, I, I was, couldn't even start the song. I was like, this flow is not normal and it's for both of them big boy especially has that weird Man. staccato shit like i was just like i i can't i don't know how you made this because it doesn't follow like a a rhythm that's normal or not alien they, it's just crazy it created a rhythm inside a rhythm and that and it's, it's crazy you bring that song up specifically that song was like one of the first hip-hop songs that i memorized because of that you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying i just was so i was mind blown when i first heard that and then as I, you know, I listened to that song thousands and thousands of times as, you know, as a youth formative, that whole album, like I was saying, was, well, I guess Miss Jackson's actually on Stankonia. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah it was I'm on Stankonia. To, yeah, yeah, that album too, low. Um, I mean, yeah, man. And one of the first things that I started doing was writing down lyrics so that I could, I guess now I understand it as trying to learn how these dudes was doing what they was doing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that gave me a whole, once I actually wrote down three verse on Miss Jackson, I was just like, wow, man, you know, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to, to write in this way, you know? And I think that really sparked something in me creatively, uh, just figuring out metaphors and wordplay. And, you know, like you said, the bending of words and, and flows and cadences uh opened up a whole new reality for me man i don't think i've looked back since (laughs) yeah there's artists like uh even more like mainstream very mainstream artists that aren't always given their flowers i find at least as lyricists but like people like wayne um you feel like kanye i remember like because those two artists were probably the biggest artists when i really started to be a fan of music like that's like grade when i'm like 10 to 13 so these like when i'm a real kid and they're like the ones that are played on like the MTV's much musics and like uh, that 
I know specifically on graduation, there's a couple of songs where Kanye like really is like really stretching the way things are pronounced to make it work. And I remember like people around me, cause he's such a big artist. People were like, Oh, he, that's good. But that's so dumb the way he said that. And I'm like, okay, I guess, I don't know. It is not how you pronounce it normally, but I'm like, no, nah, that's so fly. Like that's, that's really? what makes hip hop hip hop. You can just change shit. And it like fucking sounds great. And yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Hey, LA cab, like I'm trying to flag a taxi down. All my brothers passing brown, trying to make the past drown. Bit of pain, it's how the passion sound. Master round disaster, learn tactics from a savage crowd. Really going to dig some bugs, got my trust and love. Billy died, can't nobody match the way he's done. Particularly with you, like, there's this genre now has like probably a million artists. I don't know, but at least hundreds of thousands, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. being unique is hard in today's day and age. And the reason I found you to be so like, like, like whenever I first heard you, you really stood out was because you have this like very particular methodical flow that I've really not heard before, along with like the content of your bars, like being very thoughtful. And it compelled me to say on uh, that, uh, <clears throat> that Sleep Sinatra Summit that did in collaboration with Dan O, Free Music Empire, as well as a dope Twitter person, music uh, lover, camo bucket hats, that you are what J. Cole fans think he is. And that was a bit in tongue in cheek, but I meant it in a way that was serious because I feel like you kind of speak that like thoughtful perspective in a way that can appeal to like the common man. And that's something that I think we'll get into a little later, but I find there's a real need for people to speak about the content and the the topics you do but in a way that isn't like not antagonistic because it's like i understand there's anger and there's hurt and that shouldn't be buried like or inauthentically but there's a way where people talk i find a lot without any understanding or empathy about how someone was raised and it's like i just I'm, i just don't get like why people think this would be a helpful way to talk about something it's like yeah this guy's not going to listen, they're going to be upset and hurt. So just curious, like where in the early stages of developing your artistry, your sound, like, could you describe the ideal image that you've been like aspiring to be? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before. Um, I don't think so. Initially it was never like, I want to be this type of MC and this is what the gimmick or like the facade, you know, like, cause some MCs not, not to say that, well, no, nah, I'm keeping true. Some people have gimmicks in this, you know what I'm saying? So like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's okay. um, there's like a, some people choose this like fabricated made image that they want to be like a character that they create in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to be the nicest, you know, like I'm intrigued wordplay. I'm a fan first you know what I mean I'm a fan of the art form first so like I would be doing this even if nobody was listening to me I guess the reason why I became even if and I try not to pigeonhole myself too because I feel like not 100% of my content is very like politically inclined or mm -hmm. socially um inclined it's just due to life experience you know what I'm saying it started to lean towards that, or I guess my content started to take on more of those topics 
as I progressed through life and had certain experiences, whether that's, um, you know, my experiences and as an adolescent in the uh, judicial system or, you know, I've also encountered my share of uh, racial profiling, you know what I'm saying? There's certain, I mean, we that's a whole other thing, you know what I mean? I could go on a dissertation about that, but that is the reason why my music started to take on more socially conscious content is just due to, you know, life experience as opposed to saying like, I want a common archetype in hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's like a pre-made, yeah direction it just progresses how it progresses man and i'm still changing as an artist too you know what i'm saying like and we can get in some more of that later on but i have music coming out on like industrial type production you know what i'm saying oh, stuff shit. that people haven't really heard me on just different oh, that's different, interesting different stuff, yeah man. okay no i'm excited for yeah, that yeah that's the first time i think i've mentioned that to anybody but yeah just uh you know we evolving man so that's why the sound is changing as it is you know I think when you're saying that it's based on life experience, I think that's the key there because I think you said like common archetype, right? Like there is a place for artists to be speaking about the, like just generically the topics you cover, but from a place where they're maybe not always directly involved or directly implicated and that's fine, but you you can tell, and it's a different thing. It's a different experience. And I find Sometimes you get that from people where it's, it just, if they don't do it the right way or they don't do it with enough empathy and understanding, it kind of just comes off judgy or just in like, it's like almost like they're playing a character. Like you said, like they're just, I'm the socially conscious guy. I need to make socially conscious songs because that's what people care about. And you can just, it kind of, you kind of tune them out, but with you, it doesn't sound like you're trying to, you're like trying to do, be a person that's better than people or smarter than people. It's just, this is what my life has taught me. And this is what I learned through my learning experiences. And this is what I'm going to talk about. Like, it's just, it's very plainly that in a great, a great way. I find. Yeah. I mean, art is just ventilation for me, more or less, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Therapy's expensive, dog. <laughs> you know, you feel me? So it's like it's this is this is the way that I'm able to articulate myself um productively and you know uh positively as a po- and, and and like I said, vent so that it it's more or less just a lot of stream of consciousness, even if it's directed, these are all just a compilation of experiences, memories, current thoughts, current events something that my kids did, you know, something, uh, the way that the sky looked last evening and it will culminate. Yeah. So you're obviously not only just a skilled rapper, but you're also a skilled producer and you just dropped a recent uh, instrumental tape. That's dope. Ernie tape. Um, How has your production work helped you as a rapper and vice versa? Like how has rapping helped you as a producer and like how has that all kind of like worked together to improve as a whole? Um, yeah, I think so. Initially, I was an MC before anything, you know what I'm saying? But I started making beats in early 2000s. So like 2008, 2009, kind of showing my age a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's when, I, so I was formerly in a, hip hop group with another MC and we had uh, got a SP 404 by some somewhat nefarious means <laughs> and uh started making beats just experimenting not having any idea what we were doing that was my first real introduction into production 
and didn't really mess with or entertain the thought of making beats again until quarantine. So 2020, early 2019, probably like winter 2019, 2020, uh, just due to being quarantined. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to okay, think of interesting. different ways. To- I wasn't, I, I had, was, I was looking back, I, it looked like that was the time, but I was like, maybe I'm missing something because yeah, man. when I first, cause yeah, I think it was actually that, uh, I, I hope this is how you say his name because I've never spoken to him in person yet. But Joaquin Fox, um, yeah. I think you had a bunch of beats under that Sinhai, your Sinhai production moniker uh, on that. And I would remember being like, that was the first time I heard Joaquin Fox too. And I was like, yo, these beats, like he's a great rapper and these beats are crazy. And I was like, who's Sinai? Like, I'm every time I was like, yo, that's my favorite beat. I'm like, who is this guy? And he's like, yo, it's Sleep Sinatra. I'm like, what the fuck? And like, like <laughs> yeah, I didn't did. even understand. I was like, this sounded so refined. Like, you had clearly made beats for a while. Thank you. But yeah, it makes sense that it just came out around quarantine time. Cause yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, and then to kind of, you know, come back around to your question, I think being an MC helps me be a good producer because I understand the pockets that I would want in my production. And I understand, you know, the sounds too. the, what sound I just try to make what, what I like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I actually don't even be knowing like the BPMs of my shit. Sometimes me and Taylor mm-hmm. Banks was having a conversation. He was like, bro, what is the beat? I sent him some shit. And, um, you know, I'm just like, man, I just make what feels good to me, you know, having an understanding of what I like production wise as an MC, helps me to it gives me somewhat of a blueprint on where i want to go uh you know beat wise and then being able to cater shit for other mcs at first like some of those joints joaquin picked i didn't know whether he would like or not you know what i mean i just listened to what he had out already and tried to curate some sounds that i felt would would mesh and you know it ended up working really well and uh you know they they kind of they kind of coalesce because also now that I'm really delving into production more than I ever have, I'm understanding different pockets and what will work for me or what I can experiment with sound wise as an MC, you know what I'm saying? And challenging mm-hmm. myself in that way too. So it's kind of beginning yang thing, man. They, they balance each other out and it's only, I feel like it's only making me a better artist. Yeah. It's like a mutually uh, beneficial relationship between the two. You're, Most you're you're speaking on like things like I think the main thing I took from that is that it's so important as an artist, especially as a rapper, to like understand what you like and to refine that, get as good as you can at that. Because I find like and every time now I've talked to someone who makes beats on this show, it's almost unanimously always the case where people are like, man, I didn't think like I think I, the Rich Jones conversation interview I had. Uh, where Iceberg actually showed up for about 15, 20 minutes, which was great. He was so, speaking about how he's like, damn, yeah, I didn't expect him to pick this beat. I didn't expect him to pick this beat. That's like always the case. And yeah. I think that doesn't mean that people don't know what other people like. I think what that means is that there's so much good music and good beats out there, but it doesn't mean it's a good beat for this person. And only that person usually at the end of the day will know. And I feel like a lot of times too, producers i mean rappers who produce as well naturally also know what they sound good on even if they're not making a beat like i think of people like elucid elucid like is an amazing producer in his own right but he often now has not been 
making his own songs or with his own beats. His last one, I don't think has any beats by him. Uh, Lasso production collab. And then with you over this last uh, like recent run of projects ever since Divine Nation, which you did produce, I think all of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you produced all of it. And that, that's like definitely maybe one of my favorites of yours. That is Thank great, you. especially from a production side. But these last three projects, I don't think you have any uh beats i don't in god's image do you have anything on that yeah i think uh, so i got one on in god's image yeah that just barely like 90 percent of it is is other people and it still sounds great and it's clear that you know what you sound good on uh so that that i just always find amazing it's like i feel like that's a key for any artist is like just know what you like because that'll kind of drive everything if you don't then you get weird beat choices and then people don't like that even yeah, if the man, beat itself and- is good you know you have to be you have to be able to be critical of yourself as an artist too and understand like okay this works or this doesn't you know what i'm saying um i got a lot of homies like from here that ask me like bro how come you don't do like get on this trap beat you know what i'm saying and like i can and i have in the past but it's just not and who's to say i won't you know what i mean y'all might hear some crazy music industrial shit man that's not something i would have thought but i'm now I know it'll be good, but I'm just curious to see how good, you know? Double time patterns and all that, man. It's gonna be something interesting. Oh, Definitely shit. something that I'm not that y'all don't hear from me. You know what I mean? But it's just like, you know, you have to add, like I said, be critical of yourself as an artist and understand what works for you and what doesn't. Otherwise, you know, like you said, you get great MCs with terrible beat selection, which is that mm-hmm. that's that's always a bad situation. You know what I'm saying? Cats like that, I'd be wanting to help curate, you know. But everybody has their own direction, and you sometimes ego plays a big part in this too. You can't necessarily be like, "Dog, you would sound better like this." Not everybody's gonna take it that way. So that's you know. why that's why those artists um, like Westside Gun actually like people don't get how impressive it is what they do. Not only from a a musical taste kind of angle, which he obviously has, but also from a the ability to exude influence over people that also have egos. And let them be like, nah, this is good for you. And let them and actually communicate that in a way that doesn't offend them. And actually they listen like that. Like that's there's a reason why he's that like he used that curation thing and he's made it like more like accepted. And people don't think it's like a non job. It is like it's not easy to get people that are sensitive about their art. Like everybody is like, no, I know better. He's like, no, actually try this. And he's often often right, as we've seen. I feel like that takes a lot of knowledge too, and like understanding of cultural nuance. And you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, the amount of like research into cultural nuance and, you know, artistic aesthetic things of that nature, it's, it's being able to curate for other artists or your collective, whatever the case, you know what I mean? And have a bigger picture type of perspective. That's, yeah, Gunn is definitely a master at doing that for sure. Yeah, 100%. So now I want to uh, dive into the recent prolific string of releases that you've had since late 2021 until now. But what preceded this run is what I want to first start with, because it was definitely a very difficult time for you. Um, The release of In God's Image in December 2021 was on the heels of a challenging period of time where you dealt with some, some legal trouble. So if you're comfortable, could you open up about what that time taught you and how that has impacted the music you've created since 
yeah, yeah, that's cool. We can talk about it, man. Um, I mean, so as far as learning anything, I definitely, anytime that you are dealing with incarceration, you definitely, I mean, introspection goes hand in hand with that. You know what I'm saying? So you always learn something about yourself being incarcerated. And unfortunately, that was my first rodeo. Um, with that situation, it was just a means for me, more or less, to get the system off my back. I had been dealing with, uh, was actually on like, you know, legal papers for a prior situation, uh, had caught a DUI after a show, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So that's what had started a snowball effect of events. And eventually, you know what I'm saying? I just came to the reason that I just wanted to go ahead and sit down and get it off, you know, get it off my chest instead of having these people constantly messing with me. So that I advocate or recommend incarceration that's not any place anybody wants to be but again just due to the fact that it was my first rodeo and you know what I'm saying I know how to handle myself in situations like that I decided to just take that route and I'm you know it's a double-edged sword because of one end I'm thankful that I got through it but I lost a whole quarter of 2021 you know what I mean um which I guess how to you know to come back to your question that really put a battery in my back when I got out, you know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't really write too much in there. Cause mind you, I'm also, I was incarcerated during the height of COVID too. So it was like mm. a whole other thing, 32 hour lockdowns, you know what I'm saying? That was a different, different environment for sure. But uh, I really wasn't in the mindset to write in there. I was more or less just trying to survive. Yeah, <laughs> you feel me? So but at the same time knowing that like okay when i get out it's it's pedal to the metal you know what i'm saying my foot's on the gas and i kind of uh i just stored everything that i wanted to speak on mentally until i felt like i was in a good place and even after um i got released for a little while i was just more focused on being present you know what i'm saying catching up with my family and whatnot but still kind of storing all these ideas and, and god's image got made pretty quickly um I had a few of those songs prior to incarceration that was, you know, the skeletons to that album. And I didn't really know what direction I wanted to take it. But after I got out, uh, yeah, that was just that album really was me uh, getting loose creatively so that I could go on this run. Yeah, it felt very it felt very freeing. Like I, I was curious that one. Obviously, after all that happened, I was interested to hear where you would take the first record after all of that. And I was very like thankful or like, I don't know, thankful, but like nice. It was nice to see how positive or I guess how like weight, weight, like it felt like a weight was lifted and it sounded like that. It didn't feel like you were in like a very bad place or something like that, which I would have understood also. Um, and, and it turned out to be very good. Cause like, and I think the beats you chose are very like, on the angelic soulful side especially like those last like handful of songs like the craven beat and some of those other ones i think flowers had one there and it's uh yeah it was a really nice nicely sounding project but i think more than anything it just felt very good to hear you like that um Man, it felt like yeah, you learned, that was, you know? yeah. yeah i appreciate that that was definitely the intention with that one it was uh you know yeah i, I kind of wanted to do something a little bit lighter sounding more soulful um mm -hmm. And, you know, what's funny is so like routes with August Fanon was made during, uh, you know, some pretty tumultuous times for me 
within the legal system and just everything that was going on within my personal life. That and then the transition into God's image is being released from all of that. And you know what I'm saying? That's probably why it does sound like that on a subconscious level, because that's just where I was at. Yeah. Energetically speaking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And on that topic of routes, uh, that was the first project I think I heard of you. That's with Fanon, great project. And a common theme in that one that has definitely been like common generally for you is that of like, I like the way you talk about consequences and just decisions leading to consequences. And you speak about it in a very plain way that I think doesn't glorify, doesn't judge. It just kind of speaks about it very like, this is reality. And the way you articulate your thoughts here, I find like it's, it's very honorable. And um, I imagine resonates strongly with many people who listen to it, especially people who grew up and with any similar kind of like upbringing that you did. And I think more than anything, what I like is that you humanize people, a type of person in today's society, a whole segment of people that are very marginalized and forgotten. And you actually give them understanding and empathy. Like you don't, you don't paint them. It's not, it's not ruthlessly academic, inaccessible, which is something we talked about a bit earlier where it's not like you are speaking like as an outsider speaking as if you know better, you're just saying, speaking very truthfully, but very honestly. And with, again, with empathy, I think that's above all, it's, it's not too much in any direction. So what do you hope your music that touches on these topics does to the listener? Like what is the impact or the feeling that you hope is communicated? Um, yeah, man. So, I mean, I only speak about what I know and what I've experienced, you know what I'm saying? Or things that I've seen myself. Relativity is important to me. I want to speak for those. I say it a lot in my music too. speak for the unspoken, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that ties into there's also certain references that I use that only people I grew up with or, you know, what I mean, certain situations that we've been in here and be like, oh, damn, like he's talking about our life you know what i mean that's resonate with that kid that is off the porch you know what i mean experiencing some of the things that i experienced growing up and hopefully that provides some type of uh catharsis or you know what i'm saying um you know just letting people know that we all are experiencing similar things no matter where we're at also i think another goal is getting people to understand too that Nebraska is much more than just cornfields. You know what mm. I'm saying? Um, opening up my world, my experience as a, a Nebraskan, that's, you know, a biracial black and Hispanic man growing up in a red state. Yeah. And, you know, like I feel that often with these kinds of topics and music and just generally, I feel like there's a lot of people that I find mean well, but they talk about people like on one end, they like want to, you know, uplift them and help them, you know, the government to give certain resources or like us to like support certain kinds of folks. But then we refuse to meet them in the middle. And we like kind of like on the same hand, contradict it and like shame them for having, let's say, like outdated beliefs or views. And I find like the way you speak on this is really necessary. Because I feel like that's a missing piece, like on like, I consider myself quite left wing. I find that's a very, like a thing that people who want to promote those kind of beliefs, like fail at a lot, 
and it's and it's really detrimental i find because it's it doesn't help to inspire anybody and it comes off like exactly what it is it's just like well i mean if you're getting knowledge all these you know how under supported all these communities are but then you're like gonna on the same hand just like just ruthlessly roast these people and want to like ostracize so many t- different types of people that like we're not talking about rich people who are racist we're talking about other kinds of people you know like and i find it's just i think the way you speak on it toes the right line like there's a certain level of criticism and and like um confrontation that's required but you know you have to understand still where they're coming from and not like and give them a chance to change i think that's the big thing well i think you know an important factor is that you can't articulately speak on something unless you've lived it and experienced it and been in the environment you know what i'm saying so it comes off as condescending if you were to do it without having lived it you know what i mean and there's exactly. a lot of people that do do that and it, and like i said earlier you can always test it lived it ones that are just like you know want to have an analysis on it yeah i just think it's important for underprivileged people or oppressed people to have proper representation and the only way that you're going to have that proper representation is to have someone that is of the people of the culture of the environment speaking that you know what i mean mm-hmm. those are the life documentarians and i guess that's what i feel like my role yeah. is yeah no i love how yeah. you said that hey yo the only crooks halfway was in the hallway with bag plays on saturdays i'm at the range with the clack and aim mindset heavy collide and smash your brain moving grateful remember when i ain't have a thing now i need the math exchange too many rappers strange my inspiration is to body all them acting lanes like another common theme that's super prevalent is uh you being a father and fatherhood and kind of that all of the life lessons that naturally would come from that experience what do you feel being a father has done for you as a rapper but also like generally how you see the world man uh this makes me a better human in general you know um i can hear my kids running around upstairs right now you know uh yeah it just it being a parent becoming a parent completely changes your perspective because you have um forces you to put yourself in other people's shoes so that in the way that i perceive the world because uh you know my music is a translation of my perception so like i think now i want to get into these last two most recent records so if we start with brainstorms what was the creation process with and i don't know how to pronounce the your the producer's name i i, I it's king is it king like kami shout out my homie kami it's Kami. yeah how how was the creation with with them and uh creating the record how'd that come about yeah so me and Talaj first linked i want to say like 2016 um this is one of my early releases he had a beat on i had a couple beats on that actually um it's been uh probably brainstorms was maybe a year or two process i would say of picking out different beats and then you know like i said we made so many songs just shaving off records and deciding what was going to make the cut what would go on what project um some of the songs we had made for brainstorms were already finished from before the storm came out same with law these are just tracks that we were shaving off to end up with combination piece that became brainstorms and then we're working on side for that you know what i mean so yeah um, 
yeah, it was a, it was a long articulate process and calm. He was giving me a lot of feedback, which I always appreciate um, as far as work producers. So, you know, we tried to save the best for last as far as brainstorms went. So, you know, he helped me pick out records and, you know, gave his feedback and it was really like a collaborative effort. Yeah, it really sounded like that. It sounded like you guys had a nice chemistry throughout to, from like start to finish. And the other project that you just released, the most recent, uh, with 8Biza, titled Spirit Box. That one's probably one of my favorites of yours, period. Uh, I've you. always loved, I've loved business and I've, since I first really got into him last year. And I've always loved his sound. It's like so dirty, funky, got a lot of groove. What, what stood out to you about his sound and what made you kind of gravitate towards collaborating with him? what stood out well i mean honestly Bizzle reached out to me um to do a song initially uh, for a feature and you know understand and one song became three before you know it we you know Bizzle is great at tailoring sounds that work for me sonically he has that grit and he's just a master of texture in his production that, which i'm a big fan of you know that you'll probably hear a lot in my own production is that grit um which i just think speaks to my influences but yeah he's he was masterful with that and i feel like that's why we work so well together yeah i find this one out of all of the projects i've heard from you is like the most like got the most level of dirt and like groove to it like there's some really thick bass lines on this like this has a really great low end generally like uh trauma porn eddie gordo like the drums here are just knock but then there's also some really nice sampling like that intro with teller that's a beautiful vocal sample that's used on uh, i think different breed it's called um yeah i really love that i really love this album generally i think it's like definitely one of the strongest things you've put out what was the genesis of the title and like the meaning of spirit box man so yeah um naming projects is always one of the most challenges for me and um you know we had these songs completed most of this was completed prior to my incarceration last year this album mm -hmm. um so i had a long time to think about it you know and uh, i feel like close to the end maybe one of the very last songs we did it just kind of came to me um i think mostly in due to the sound just the general sound and vibe of the album it's got that dusty like haunted house type vibe almost you know um so i think that played a big part in why it became the spirit box no yeah that's a hell of a dusty haunted house vibe it does have that that's a great way of putting it uh how's how's your uh like relationship with with biza like where how'd you guys first kind of was it that feature or was it anything earlier than that yeah, actually, it was he just reached out to me, man, on some, you know, just real professional business, a real professional. He's very, I mean, I, I want to say that he, he did some initial mixes, too. He's very articulate with his art. Um, yeah, man, it's just always been positive energy. He's a, he's a very good dude himself, driven. I feel like he definitely deserves more flowers. You know what I'm saying? I know he's done joints with Vic. Um, He's a part of a hip hop show in this area. I don't want to misquote it, so I'm not going to name it right now. But uh, he's a very active dude, man. So it's just, it, 
we have a similar work ethic so i feel like it just you know it works well yeah no i i agree i think he's put out like i really like him as a rapper as ocho fono and as well as a producer but i think as a producer he put his best foot forward for this and i remember speaking to him last year actually uh like i don't know exactly when but he was telling me that this was coming out that's why when it finally dropped you dropped like the name and the artwork and it was coming i'm like yes i heard the title like last year and i was like damn i didn't know it was i thought it may not happen anymore but uh really really excited you guys put it out because this was what i was hoping it uh it was a good good marriage of sound so let's wrap with this question because i know you've put some tweets out and i've heard some things outside of that about these future projects that you have coming up because there's some there's some really there's some really cool ones that you have so can you just shout out some of them and like why people should be excited about them uh they buried frank produced by big flowers aka bloom cycle this is production alias my most avant-garde um i guess art rap would be the subgenre if you would place it in that type of sounding that i've had to date probably be coming out within maybe the next month or two. After that, I've got Shadow Self. The album's called Shadow Self, fully produced by the legend Oblib. And that's one I'm real excited about. That's, I feel probably fall album, man. Um, that's the legend. Man. Very excited for people to hear that album with Oblib. Shadow Self probably be released in the fall. Maybe, I don't know. We, I'm gonna make sure it's perfect. And then, yeah, I also got a project with a good friend of mine, Kamikaze, who's from my city as well. It's called Silent Flowers. That album may or may not come out this year. We've been slowly piecing that one together. Plenty of work coming for people. What, what about that uh, industrial thing that you were referring to? That's the next shit. I don't even know if I can speak on that, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I so it's like so fresh and so early in development. Um. Yeah, I'll probably have more information on that one soon. <laughs> All right. Well, well, will everybody tap into that whenever it comes out? That's something I'm excited about. You're saying you're doing some double time flows. Is that what you're t- telling me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Um, that's that's almost, actually maybe a little more surprising than even like that the the sound change. Because you like I said, I really know you for a certain kind of like flow. That is just very different. So that's exciting. <laughs> and that's, that's exciting. That's that's why. That's why I'm doing it though. You know what I'm saying? Is because, like you said, I feel like heads have come to know a specific type of flow, or uh, I don't ever want my flow or my cadence to be stagnant. You know what I'm saying? I don't ever want to become one of those artists that's like, oh yeah, that's a sleep verse. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always I'm trying to challenge myself as an artist as I as much as I can. Generally, I've noticed a bit of a trend in the underground over the past couple of years is that that like any like faster flows are starting to become more like a thing again i feel like people are going a little like a little more like experimental with just like being being rapping fast but not in a corny way like i'm thinking artists like lungs thick um jackie scan's been doing a lot of that too which i've been liking like it's it's that's really cool to me i think it's been not i feel like it had such a negative connotation for so long because of certain stupid like corny rappers that like are popular on youtube or something um eminem like one heads- that we all know we all know it's eminem's one of the biggest perpetrator <laughs> perpetrators of that but like yeah. no it's like done in an artful way again and i'm liking it i'm liking it a lot yeah heads are finding different pockets too man it's like something that 
important to acknowledge is that hip hop is, in terms of history, hip hop is still in its infancy stage. You know what I'm saying? It's only been around a couple of decades, man. So there's going to be things. People are going to continue to new ways to ways to evolve this art form. You know, that's what I'm excited for. I'm trying to be on the cutting edge of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I, I'm really excited for that. And thank you again for just coming on to the show. Really happy hey, to to giving you this platform to kind of just speak on what you do. I think you're one of the best best in the game. But more than that, I just feel like you're a really good dude. And people have like even like especially with things that happened last year, I felt I felt the love. I was really it was really nice to see. To be honest, people were really supportive, and that just shows the kind of man that you are. Man, mad love, you know, um, love was definitely felt. And, you know, I'm just thankful, just thankful to be here. Thankful to people listening, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate you having me. appreciate your platform. You do great work. You ask the good questions. Definitely a, a very intricate interview. Appreciate it, man. Despite the tech, technical difficulties. Sorry again about that on my end. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll do on. it in the post. I'll try to, I'll try to edit it out to make it, make it flow. But yeah, thank you again and, and uh, have a good day. You as well, bro. Appreciate you, dog. Peace. Peace. I felt trapped until I found freedom. A means of expression while this whole world is scheming. My cousin named me sleep. I started dreaming. Box cutters for them duct tape packs. Fully passed. I'm grieving. I still see him riding them big wheels and heavy chiefs. Hope never let them chickens know the secrets. I'm still pissing jewels and drop me ain't keeping. Now I'm learning with reason. It's a whole different level I've been reaching. I was a student and now I'm teaching. Still learning every day, but I'm finna season. Niggas know it's that season. What I want, I'm a season. So there we have it. Another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levi, Mahima, Jeff, Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Noah, Justin, Brandon, Joe, Gavin, Matt, Teddy Faley, Jackson, Kian, Slumber Logic, Fat Man Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. 
You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.